there. Hello there. Okay, so this this dude's been up since like 7 a.m. I think he's weed whacking an entire freaking yard. And I thought he was done and he just he just kicked it back in. But my dog's outside dropping off a little uh, urine therapy into the soil. And uh, so I'm going to be uh, uh, waiting for a moment. We're waiting for my dog to come back in so I can close the damn door. Because this weed whacker, holy, I can't believe how, how retarded Man Bear Pig is. I, I, it is amazing that there are so many people out there in the world that are like, Hey honey, let's work five days a week and then, and then let's, let's operate really loud machinery so we don't have to walk in our own yard. Let's come up with something different. And it's, it's, when I go to the city, this is now becoming the city. My little town of 300 people has become the city. You've noticed it all year. Hey, Wiley. And uh, anyway, uh, there's an airing grievance. Let me shut this door. I'll be right back. Appreciate the, uh, appreciate the little uh, respite at the beginning of our wonderful day. Happy Friday. Good morning. It's really great to have you guys here. Glad you could make it. Um, I'm pretty sure that the thumbnail already kind of cleansed the audience. I really wanted to cleanse the audience as much as I could. And I'm not muted, right? Everything's good? Um, and, uh, uh, the, uh, weed whackers are awesome. Why are we saying that? Why are you doing that, Akai? What, why are you praising them with your worship? Anyway, um, the, the thumbnail, I think it cleansed the palate of anyone that might be entering into this space to watch this episode from not staying if they're going to uh, do what we've seen so many people who watch this show do. Someone watches the show. They start telling others about the show. Some of them even have live streams where they repeat what we say on this live stream on their show every day. And then an episode like this comes along. <laughs> And they freak the fuck out. They freak out. And I'm hope and I don't want to have that space anymore because the same man bear pig that is outside right now, right now he just started it back up, making all that fucking noise. It is he's been doing that since 7 a.m. And we don't have yards. I live on a mountain. I don't have a yard. Do you know why? Because it's 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 rolling hills and giant boulders, megalithic boulders. He's weed whacking an entire yard, and he's doing that because he doesn't he doesn't like being in the room with his wife. They left the city to come up here to get away, and they brought all of their machinery. Why am I not talking about the episode? That same 
man bear pig was bequeathed from the from the 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 vaginal recourse of this baphomet and that you and i are standing on the shoulders of the giants that are operating the weed whackers right the fuck down and those those same people who have live streams and repeat everything i say until they get to this episode they're the same they get really freaked out when you start to show them things that they don't want to see and I am thankful for them because it gave me the ability to develop the eye of Ra, the first eye, the idea of how and why we see reality the way we do. So even they are giving us gifts and it's brought you here to this circle right now. So let's, let's do it. Thank you for well, thank you. Syncretism is a beautiful thing, Liam. It's a very important science. Someone said the other day, uh, those things aren't related because uh, uh, soul is not the uh, same word as I mean, tone is not the same word as soul or something like that. And I was just like, dude, under syncretism, it totally is. There is a conglomerate science. There's a science of conglomeration, is what it is. That's what syncretism is. It's the science of conglomeration. In fact, I have a slide exactly talking about this thing that's very relevant to today. Oh my God, it's right here. There's a mechanics to mythology that fits right in with syncretism. And the idea is that the more a story resonates the archetype, the more it lingers in the society's mind. Medusa resonates in society's mind because the archetype fits. The archetype shows it wraps its vines around what we know as the scaffolding of this place. The Jungian scaffolding of this place has a structure and we see that not by seeing the structure itself but by seeing how reality conforms to that structure. And watching that conformity is, guess what? It's syncretism. It's syncretism that our mind ends up finding the same cavitational vaulted wakes in the ceilings and, and knowing that, oh, this, this mosque of God has a shape to it. And our history will always emerge from something that terrified us. Our history will always emerge from something that terrified us. Do you know why? Because man seeks the lessening of terror, and man is powerful. Man can subdue the terror and rewrite that history, and there are things in our past, in our past, that are only, the only footprint left over, the only shadow left over is in our mythology. And so in this mythology, we are able to look back at even the things that we were scared of. In fact, you and I have learned to use fear, uh, hate, despisement, uh, all of those kinds of things. When we see a giant pile of hate in society, you and I have learned to go, aha, there is something below. That all the inflammation surrounding all this hate and all this rebuke and all this propaganda must be covering something that is truly there. 
Now, maybe what is there has nothing to do with how it's being covered. We don't know because you and I are archaeologists. We are not Puritans. And you've been cleansed by the very thumbnail that brought you here today. And the nervousness that it might have brought up, the dilation that it might have brought up, is a hermetic introduction, a doorman on the sacred curtain of it all. In my mind, I'm being haunted by the demon who said uh, yesterday in my comments, James, you're using too many hand gestures. And I'm like, dude, what the fuck is wrong with you? I am the judge of exactly how many hand gestures are the correct amount for me. And I'm now expunging and exercising that demon. I will use all the hand gestures I want. This is a hand gesture-y kind of thing. And that's how it happens. Plus, I can't move. I'm encouraged during the live stream to use my hand gestures because I have so much to say with my body. Mm, don't make me show you my nipples. I used to show my nipples all the time. Just like someone said, you know, this series on gender and genitals, you're talking about sex a lot, James. And it's like, yeah, I know. I know. I know. So take this giant Priapus of truth and place it in your mouth and in your ear and understand that this is necessary because this is where we're going. In fact, this whole mechanics of mythology, the way that we hide things, this is why you and I didn't know before last week that somebody in archaeology was digging a hole in Italy. True story. And all of a sudden he's like, oh, wait, wait, what is this? Oh my God, it's a, this kind of looks like a stone dildo. What? Does this look like a stone dildo to you? It's like, that looks exactly like a stone dildo. It's like, wow. It's like, oh, wait. There, oh, look. There, there's a... There's another stone dildo. He's like, wait, you found two stone dildos? He's like, yeah. He's like, well, maybe I should come over there. And the other guy came over there and looked. And, and next thing you know, there was a crowd. And there was a few lesbians in the archaeologist group. And they were, they were uh, pretty disappointed that day. I mean, they were into their job. But at the same time, they're just like, this is not. What, what, why are we coming up with this? And 4,000 stone phallusi were excavated, were raised up from one hole. One hole. And you and I don't know about that. We don't learn about that. No one talks about that. Why? Because the shame covers it up. Why? Because man is powerful. And man will leave history in a place that he finds more comfortable. And how will he do that? He will burn and incinerate the history that's behind him is what he'll do, won't he? He will burn it all. Which tells us the truth. Tells us the truth. You want to know the old Indian roads in Southern America? I want you to track the burning trail of Sherman as he uh, erased it from the South. That if you were to watch the, the trail of fire that Sherman left behind, you are seeing the old roads. That in order for government to thrive, the first thing they did is said, hey, we got to get rid of these roads. Why? Because people are going to have a fetish for roads. And if they find these Indian roads here, they're not going to 
worship us, or they're not going to be able to worship our Priapus. You know, every time I say Priapus, only maybe only a few of you know what that means because you watched the episode. It is part of this hermetical secret order, isn't it? It's part of that. You've been cleansed in the thumbnail. You should be thanking me for putting that thumbnail up because I suffer the slings and arrows enough of little... Uh, sometimes they're, uh, they have bears in their names and they, they leave, uh, reviews about my book and they're like, yeah, this guy's like, he's like Satan and he's like saying things that are like very dilating to me. And then all of a sudden he says something that I don't like and it's, I don't like this at all. And I want to destroy him that that is showing you the same thing that I've been saying means there's something there. Now, it doesn't mean I'm right. It doesn't. It could mean that I'm just a heretic that is just so pearl-clutchy that, 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 that we need to unite and form some sort of censorship of him. We should burn his book, right? That it could just mean that. Or it could mean that I'm saying something that's resonating so much truth that it strikes the bells of mythology, as we just talked about, and ends up riding its way into history as being congruent congruency is what we're after, isn't it? At least when it comes to syncretism, right? At least when it comes to that. Been watching the series, you know, we've only just briefly touched on Abraxas. And I want to, I want you to think about Abraxas, that uh, Priapus rooster, remember the rooster with the tentacle legs, right? That figure of Abraxas, moves into this figure of Aegeopan. Aegeopan is this uh, goat fish, right? And that's the constellation of Capricorn, and Aegeopan is said, not, not, not by everyone, but said to be the parent of Pan. The, I would say, the father. But I don't think it was father. I think it was actually the father, father, or mother, it was the father or the mother of Pan. And even when you look at Aegea Pan, you notice right away that Hermes plays a crucial role with Aegea Pan in helping Zeus in a very important time overcome the pithos, the pithos of the deep. This is the story of Apollo and Zeus. This is how you know these are the same. And the, the remnant, the shadow of that that still exists today is in Capricorn. Now, some of you are Capricorns. Some of you are uh, chimeras. Some of you possess the archetypal essence of this Baphomet of the sea. And the fear and wonder that that, that perpetrates is, again, proof of how powerful you are. In your manifestation. Most of the Oceanus, the, the original uh, gods, the Titans, just being one among them, were always born in twins. And uh, some of them were more than twins. You see Hecate there on the very right, the combination of three, the, the Trinity woman. Imagine, imagine taking this beautiful... Dame to, to dinner? Imagine watching her eat from three heads. One of them probably would have a salad because she doesn't want to feel 
like she's eating too much because of some kind of uh, white masculine uh, guilt thing that's lingering systemically in our society. The other, because they're behind, is able to uh, really grab, uh, you know, go right at that steak and, and, and enjoy her meal. The other is allowed to listen to the conversations of everyone else at the table. And you, as you're waiting for dinner with Hecate to be done, you were, you were wondering, oh my God, does she, does she have... How many breasts does she have? Does she have six? Or is one of those breasts shared each? How does that work? And 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 I'm already nervous because down there, there are two holes that are very close to each other. And I do not want to enter the wrong hole. If she's got three holes down there, is, that, is this going to be a problem? Is it going to be okay? And the whole time she's she's eating comfortably, she can read your fucking mind. Why? Because she's a Kate. She's literally the birth of magic itself sitting across from you, right? Now you're feeling all insecure. And you're like, what the hell did I even get to get in, get myself into here? What's going to happen? And you, and you learn to relax and go with it because the vitriol of, of having a six-breasted or possibly, uh, possibly six-breasted woman has uh, raised you in another state. Now, th these twins harken back to everything that we've talked about uh, earlier in the series, right? Uh, the uh, dual God, the dual gendered uh, uh, idea. The splitting of Aedum. Please tell me you saw that episode. Please tell me. The splitting of that, of Aedum, that uh, most of the literature of the Ark of the Covenant, as we saw, was the Priapus and the balls inside the, the, inside the crevice, the tabernacle. Remember the Aaron and the two stones? It wasn't one stone. You think God can't write in four-point type? You think that God could not carve on one stone? No, he wants two. Why does he want two? Because you're building a God from Abraxas through Aegeus, through Oceanus, to Tethys, to Pan, to Baphomet, to Dindara, to Osiris, to Mithras, to Jesus, to Muhammad. And I haven't even talked about Ganesh. We haven't even discussed the other things. So you see, this is the root of God. And I'm calling it the root of God, not to say that, that religion is, is infallible, but to come back to the notion that syncretism is a mythological logos, the mythological truth. Right? Why? Because you've stood the resonance of time as the mythology has survived. Medusa is still here. Abraxas is still here. The Titans are still here. Pan is still here. Right? And this is the best you have to even go on. So you can't even tell me there's a better way. One of these twins, Oceanus and Tethys, remember the story? What is the story? Kronos cuts the genitals of Uranus, Oranos, as we talked about. And Rhea here is presenting, presenting the stone, the stones of his father, wrapped in swaddling clothes, presented to Kronos. Right? That this is the splitting of Adam and Eve. They eat them. They're sp split right here. In this story, Castor and Pollux, the twin sons of Zeus, these were the founders of Rome. You know that there's, if you know, if you've studied this, you understand that there's a lot of talk 
uh, around Castor and Pollux uh, um, having some sort of gay agenda. And I'm not even trying to dismiss that. I really don't give a shit. I, I want you to know, though, that I think there is something much more powerful about the idea of Castor being a hermaphrodite. And in this statue, you and I, you and I have the capability of seeing it, and anyone who got freaked out by the thumbnail would never be able to understand. Do you remember last episode when I pointed at the torch in the hands of, of Phaeus? And I told you, see this torch? Here is Castor and Pollux. And one of them has a very female face, very female demeanor, and is carrying that same torch. This, uh, the idea of these twins, the idea of these, uh, the splitting of the one into two, is this hermaphroditic uh, conception cosmology. That's what it is, right? It's a conception cosmology, right? Cosmology is the study of, of, of how we got here, of origenos, the or origin of this thing. And you, there's this constant, endless, endless switching of twins, of some kind of twins. And last week we discussed, I told you that I think that you could see the elite as people that found the seed the hermaphroditic genetic seed and perpetuated that and worshiped that in some way. And here you look upon the double-headed eagle as a symbol, I believe, of this elite hermaphroditism, looking at the scepter, the orb, right? And the rod, Aaron's rod. And noticing that the scabbard itself on the, on the sword is that upturned cross, not the inverted, but the upturned. On the right hand, the All-Mother holds Aaron's rod and the two stones, and in the left holds the Ark of their covenant. Endless life, male and female, perpetual, elite, self-recreation. What is inheritance? When you inherit a billion dollar empire you are inheriting resurrection you're inheriting the spirit of life itself that never had to start over the perpetuation of these things is the monarchy right that that someone is born owning something that very idea is coming down to you from the little woo woo and the little ha ha of Adam and Eve, and what that kind of power truly, truly meant. I have, have blessed you by Yahweh of Samaria and his Asherah. And this drawing is uh, uh, the Asherah pole. I mean, that's not the official name, but it's, it's, it's at the Ark. It's the Ark of Creation. And if you look on that Ark, you'll actually see this, these chimeric animals branching themselves off of trees 
this central tree which you're about to see, the griffins carrying the suns on its back, all of these ideas coming from a central library, a central place. Um, that inscription uh, came off this jug. It's just showing you the proof that mythology and our fears and our fetishes change the nature of God. And that you and I, what we call Yahweh now, was never a singular being. It emerged from two, and the female was removed. You could speculate how you went on that. The uh, Think about how the uh, uh, if you take the sword with the uh, two stones and you invert it, what is the purpose of female in that standpoint? The uh, shaming, all of the core of feminism itself could be an ancient mythological wound tied to our inversion. Remember, to be in, uh, averted of something, to feel aversion of something, is would to invert this symbol. The symbol of the Priapus and stones. Right? This symbol, this is not offensive at all. I'm telling you about life right now. I'm expressing to you the regeneration of life. And we live in a society that uses that to shame, right? The splitting of the atom, as we said, is, is this mitosis. And if you look at a placenta... You're looking at a giant version of mitosis. That you have the, the mother and the child and the branching of these two veins, this separation that's occurring. And what is that separation doing? It's creating new life. The creation of new life has always been the splitting of Adam and Eve. It's always been this mitosis. It occurred to me a few days ago that uh, occurred to me in dojo that the placenta, the the placenta, is a hanging garden. It hangs down from the Mediterranean Sea, and the umbilical cord itself reaches all the way down to Karnak, which is where they declare the newborn king. And I couldn't help but look at this more and wonder, James. Is this, are, are you on to something, James? Are you on to something? And I kept looking and I, I found that, that it turns out that uh, if you were to think about uh, out of Africa and, and the, the name itself of Kemet, of this, of this black land, of this darkness, that from this darkness there would be a newborn king. And that in Thebes and Karnak, the very city we talked about in the, the Kanba episodes, that there uh, is an ancient pre-dynastic white chapel, famous white chapel inside Karnak. And if you were to go up to the top of the placenta, you would reach the city that we know as Memphis, Memphis, right? The beautiful place, the home of Saqqara. And there at Saqqara, the former name of that place before Memphis was called the White Wall. And that the umbilical of Egypt itself could be seen as this white umbilical cord. 
And I say that bravely because so much symbolism, so much syncretism is built into everything in Egypt that why would, why would they not do this? Why would they not notice this important connection between things? And here it is. In Mendes, the very place where Saqqara is, that the heart of this white-walled city, comes Banabjedit. Banabjedit. I'll try that again. Banabjedit. Considered the Ba of the Lord of Jedit. Jed pillar, you've, you know that, that word probably, the Jed pillar? The idea that, that the earth is supported by four uh, four columns, and that the spine of Osiris itself is this Jed pillar. And the city where this Jed pillar, pillar takes its birth is, is Mendes, Memphis, White Wall, the city of the White Wall. And there came about this idea of this four-headed goat god, Banabjedit, Ba, the soul, this is right. This is we know this from from our episode. This is why we have these episodes here on James Drew Live. You're listening to James Drew Live in front of live audience. And the Ba is the soul itself of the Lord of the pillar, the Lord of this eternal uh, consistency. That's really what Jed Pillar means: is persistence, effervescent persistence, which really does tie into the Paleo-Hebrew word of male itself, which is that uh, scribe, to, to touch, to pierce, to write, to record, right? So, inside the heart of the placenta is the soul of the Lord, and it comes from what? What does it come from? It comes from a goat. It comes from a four-headed goat. That's where it comes from. And the Jed Pillar itself here, I've got it circled. You'll notice that this Jed Pillar is showing the unification of what? Of Upper Egypt and Lower Egypt. And it's not just that, is it? It's not. I'm telling you it's not. Because if you look at this more, you see this same anamorphous splitting in all of these things. The Simatawe, something I just learned about, thanks to uh, Carrie Love, who made these things. Carrie Love is not associated with the theories I'm presenting right now, but just this graphic is from her site. I didn't even ask for permission. But Sawitawe in the flaked lion throne of the god slash goddess is always giving birth to this splitting, to this central tree that is split. Do you see it? Split, 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 split. And that the Jed Pillar, the unification of this, the, the, the actual essence of Osiris itself is the persistence of the splitting. The Jed Pillar is the persistence of the splitting to create new life. That it's so much more profound than, oh, it's a, it's a democratic political move to unite the, uh, the, the, the upper and lower Egypt, James. It was purely political. It had no other... Symbolic significance. Why are you talking about genitals, James, and moving your hands around a lot? Look, it's political. Can we just take it political so we can let go of it? And the answer is no, we can't. We can't because politic wasn't even a subset yet. That all of this came from this belief and that your belief would come from the very place where you see power. Where do you see power? In the birth of a child. 
Okay, now go back. Where did your grandparents see uh, uh, power? In the birth of a child. Okay, go back. Where did their grandparents see, see that power? In the birth of a child. Okay, go back. You don't know how far that goes. The closest we will ever have to finding that place is through our ancestral syncretic memory. It's the only way. And if we look at this world as a snake swallowing its own tail, you and I are on a special place because we do not only have to look to the past, we get to look at our future and see where we're going. See what kinds of things are happening right now in our world that might suggest some sort of fetish to cover it up. Hey, Auschwitz, I noticed this plaque has a numerical mistake. I was doing some math and I was like, 1.1 million is not 6 million. Why is the number off? And we can't talk about that for the same reason why we cannot talk about Asherah. For the same reason why we have ancient stories that we will mow down the groves and cover them with powdered bones to make people forget that God was both male and female. And that we are living in the world of Priapus. We are living in the world of one. And the fetish is so strong, we're going to bury 4,000 stone phallusi right here, right? It's not the Palestinians. It's the Palestinians. Do you understand? Palestine. Do you know why Israel and Palestine are having a problem? Do you know why Zionism, this promise, oh, look how pure I am. Oh, my God, I'm so pure. Oh, let's bomb a city. I'm so pure. Oh, God, I'm so pure. We're going to have to take over the Palestines, right? It's not the Palestines. You see how syncretism works? Of course you do. That's why you're here. That's why you're behind the curtain with me, opening these boxes, going, what the fuck is this? Oh, I just found another Palestine. More of the same kind of splitting. Twins splitting from one, every culture. Look at these beautiful images brought to you by Carrie Love. Thank you, Carrie Love. And right in the middle, I, I had to drop in Amenhotep just to show you. Is that a dude? Or is that something else? Now, the Baphomet of Egypt, as I'm calling him, or as you, you heard me say, Banabjedit, let's call him the Baphomet of Egypt, was the Ba of Osiris and his consort, the fish god, Hatmehit. Remember the, the fish, the Capricorn? Yeah, you Capricorns in there, you did this. You brought this on. Thank you. With their child, Harpa Kerid, it's Horus the child. They formed the triad of Mendes. Mendes is that city, the White Walls. The triad of the White Walls is literally the birth of Horus. Keep in mind that most of Egypt was worshipping Horus. That this is the only space where they worship the child of Horus. Har is the word Horus. It turns into the word Horus. And Pa, Kerid, is the child of child. Or child, child from. Or child to. It's, look it up. But it's Horus the child. And so the Baphomet himself is responsible for the birth of this new, new consciousness. What is this new consciousness? Horus the ideal, if you look at his crown, he's got the red and the white. The red king and the white queen. I mean, 
Red Queen, White King, united as one. The ideal God. Fellas, how does the Knights Templar, a group in quest for the grail of eternal life, end up worshiping the Baphomet? Is it contradicting itself to say that the worship of the Baphomet is completely incongruent with the quest for eternal life? Or is it the same? And if it's the same, this makes sense. If it's the same, these guys did what I did last week, thousand years ago. They're like, Tim, can you come over? It's like, well, it's like uh, 700 miles to your castle. It's like, yeah, well, I need to talk to you. You can't just talk to me by carrier pigeon? No, Tim, this is a big deal. Can you just, can you just come over, Tim? All right, Fuck, I'll be there in three weeks. And Tim shows up, and he's shown all these papers, he's shown all these documents, he's shown the sacred text, he's looking at the sacred record. And he's like, damn it. Fuck, the Holy Grail's a... Let me get this straight, Tim. You're saying that the Holy Grail is a hermaphroditic goat? Is that what you're saying, Tim? It's like, yes, Jeff. It is. And we need to go crusade the fuck out of people. This is so bad that we need to go kill anyone that's not one of us. That's what we need to do. And we have more money than anyone else here in the church, says the Templars. We have more access to more of the, the texts. Tim, we are the ones that will burn these texts, but you and I will know the truth. And when we show this to others, they're going to freak the fuck out. They're going to burn all these books. They're going to create cults. They're going to leave bad reviews. It's going to be horrible, Tim. I'm going to have to fix this. You're right, Jeff. You're right. Aedum, the original, is the sun and moon united. The sacred hermaphrodite. This, what you're looking at is Knights Templar symbols. Knights Templar. Do you see Akhenaten? Because he's right there. Do you see the hermaphrodite? Because it's right there. It's so right in front of you. The history. Why is Lilith not in the Bible, but Lilith is expressed on this symbol? This Knights Templar symbol. Why? Because it's the history that we decided was too painful to show. It's the history behind the curtain. Do you know how hard it's going to be to market a goat god with boobies? Tim, I know. I know we will fix it. How are we going to fix it? I've got, do you know how many people we have on board? Our subscriber list for Christians is like huge right now. Now you're going to freaking roll out that we have a, a booby goat god? What the, what the fuck are we going to do, Jeff? I know. I know. We'll figure it out, man. We'll figure it out. Just burn all those books right now. We'll figure this out. You all know Tom Hanks is, is deep into the symbolism. You remember that he was the first with a Corona typewriter. You know that he was in a film that actually uh, was tracing the Holy Grail, 
was was looking for the grail, and he's the one that, that his story put forth the idea that the Holy Grail was a bloodline, was a bloodline. And in the movie Forrest Gump, when he is giving the peace sign to Jenny and that whore, I'm sorry, it's just kind of supposed to be a joke, but but Jenny, who who really kind of is like, just like really, really vapid, I'll just say, but that Jenny gives gives her the peace sign back, that Tom Hanks drops the Baphomet symbol in a major motion picture. Drops it for everyone to see. Boom, there it is. That the same dude that was in the movie looking for the eternal grail, the quest for eternal life, is showing you right now (laughs) this same symbol of a booby goat god. Booby goat god. And not everyone's going to be able to accept this, so they don't. Because Jeff and Tim were on it when this happened. And this is why you have secret societies. This is why this happened. Egypt. Egypt. This four-headed goat god actually anthropomorphized himself into Kunum. One of the earliest known Egyptian deities. Originally the god of the source of the Nile. Remember the Nile is an umbilical cord? Since the annual flooding of the Nile brought with it silk and clay and water brought life to its surroundings, he was thought to be the creator of bodies of human children. He made them at a potter's wheel. Lord of creating things from himself. He created things from himself, it says. The divine potter. He created things from himself. The hermaphrodite in Egypt had the head of a goat. Well, that's interesting. Tim, get in here. We're going to have to burn the Egyptian text too. It'll be okay, Jeff. It'll be okay. Now, if you want to know the entire origin of Genesis, the Old Testament, if you want to see the entire story brought to you in one tomb, Temple, I'm sorry, forgive me, temple. All you have to do is go to Dendara. Dendara Temple has the Baphomet right here seated. And what is the Baphomet doing? He's making Adam on a potter's wheel out of clay. Genesis. And Knum, Knum has a different name, which I'm about to drop on you. But before I do, I want to remind you that the story of Capricorn as an astrological symbol came from the roof of this same tomb, the same tomb. And that the zodiac that we use today, you're looking right at it. You're looking right at it. I've personally tracked these symbols. It's amazing. I encourage you to study up if you're interested on this Dendera ceiling. They kept a 10-degree uh, wheel around their sky. And the zodiac was divided into these 10 degrees that were, that were combined, right? So it had like four, I think it was like four tens is a house or something. Someone do the math and correct me because I'm, I'm sure I'm wrong. But it's fascinating to watch how our modern uh, astrology, um, our modern horoscope, horus, horoscopes, do you hear the Horus horoscope? That the horoscope itself has this tie to Baphomet. 
and that Baphomet is in the sky the whole time, and you Capricorns sitting there watching the show, some of you are whistling now. You're like, I'm not a Capricorn. I'm not a Capricorn. Who said I was a Capricorn? I'm not a Capricorn. No, no, no. It's side reel, man. I was Aries. I'm a cusp. I'm not really a Capricorn. I'm more of a cusp. That you guys, you guys are the living, living, uh, uh, symbolic, uh, effervescent Ka of the Baphomet. You're the Ka-Baphomet. Ka-Baphomet. Now, Daksha... In the Hindu world, Daksha is the Prajapati. And Praja, creation, the creative powers, Praha. And the Lord of those creative powers, the creation God himself, was this same goat guy, Daksha. And they took his boobs off. They're like, you know, we do some pretty weird shit over here in India, in India but Daksha, you, you just don't need boobs, that's all. But it's the same archetype, it's the same thing. This is Kanum. And Daksha. And as you know, the Christos, remember uh, the episode, a few episodes ago, we talked about the Christos and Krishna, Christna and Christos were simply the same fundamental, important fundamental, resonating all, way past Zoroastrianism, the same fundamental resonating. And one goes to India and one goes to Egypt. And that here it is, it's showing you the Baphomet. In these spaces, it's showing it to you. Here's the Baphomet pouring two strands, two liquids from its face. This would be the Nile. This would be the, remember, it, it created the bodies of Adam and Eve. It literally created it. And right here, when you look, thank you, Charles Edwin Wilbur Library, for allowing me to find this image. But there it is. The two from one. The Baphomet giving you the two. But wait, there's more. Because the Daka, this Daksha creature, um, was also linked to corn. And corn having this sacred seed is the Quetzalcoatl. This same concept, the horned, what was Quetzalcoatl, right? The horned serpent. This creation came from a G, uh, Panageus. What is Panageus? It is a horned serpent. A horned serpent. I believe that you were looking at the origin of the Lamb of God. That the Lamb of God truly does come from this idea of Daksha. This idea of the Baphomet. And the reason why we call it the Lamb of God is because of Jeff and Steve. Those were their names, right? Steve, what are we going to do? We got a booby goat god. It's like, we're going to call it the Lamb of God. Can't have boobies. He's like, but that's my favorite part. Shut up, Jeff. We're going to call it the Lamb of God. We're going to call it the Lamb of God. Because the truth is in the room. And we got old folks that are like, but I like my Baphomet. And you're... You're a sacrilegious walking around with your hermetic order trying to change my Baphomet and Lamb of God. When I was your age, we worshipped Baphomet uphill both ways. And now you want to come in here and give me a Lamb of God? You're ruining religion, Jeff. You're ruining religion. And they're like, yeah, shut up, old man. We're doing this. And they did. And all of religion's been that way. All of it. From the time they're like, hey, uh, 
How many uh, fellas have we found? We got uh, 176. Damn. This is it's like a lot of fallacies. I know, and I think there's more. Wait, but there's more? Yeah. Dude, this is just like one quadrant. Let me show you the map. See, this is C7, 127 fallacies, right? We're just on C7. Oh, gosh. Man, you know those uh, lesbians from uh, from uh, Yale Archaeology? Yeah, they left. I don't know why, but they left. We're going to have to find more archaeologists, huh? It's weird. All right. I'll, uh, I'll post an ad. I'll post an ad. Uh, archaeologists wanted uh, camp mind fallacies. Uh, lots of work to do. Uh, long hours. Great, great fun. Uh, parentheses. Uh, we have a lot of what might you consider inappropriate jokes as a result of this dig. So when you're coming on the site, I need you to sign this... Uh, 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 NDA that you will not uh, accuse anyone of sexual harassment. Signed, Jeff. Right? That that you're watching how this entire process happens. Right? You're watching it all unfold. Again, same dude. Lamb of God smoking a bowl. Is Baphomet? Um, Wearing the scepter. Notice the scepter has the jed and the ankh and uh, set. And I think that this is really all three. This is really hearkening back to Mendez because you have the male, the female, and the Baphomet. You have the fish. You have that goat, the Capricornus of it all. Now, when you read hieroglyphs, the order that you read them is where the animals are facing you. So on this hieroglyph, we would start on the right, and we would see the Baphomet uh, as a goat, the Apis, Apisomet, you could call this, the Apis bull and the Baphomet, right? the, the Bapisomet, I'm just making that up, but, but you could call it that, and you could see that the Baphomet leads to, because we're going from right to left, leads to the Scarab, which is this eternal life. The birth, left, dive, the, sorry, <laughs> the birth, life, death, and resurrection of the dung beetle precedes the Baphomet. And to me, this is right there. This is like, holy shit, there it is right there. Showing you these steps, these genetic steps, showing you them unfolding. In Egypt, there's this Baphomet. In the Vatican, the, the actual Vatican itself is named after Vatica. The goddess of the underworld. Why would the Baphomet be the underworld? Right? You have the same regeneration, the same reincarnation. And, and we can't say that, well, James, they picked the Baphomet because uh, they couldn't think of anything else to stand for fertility. And like, no, no, dude. Th these guys worshipped Artemis, the uh, uh, thousand-tittied goddess. This idea of Artemis is is like, first of all, she's covered in goats. If you look at if you look at what's below her, but the, this archetype itself was based on this. There's your fertility goddess. Why would you, why would you even want to incorporate a goat at this point? When you've got you've got a seven hundred titty god. Why are we even talking about the goat, Steve? 
And the answer, Steve says, is because the truth is always in the room. And it can never leave. All of these goats came from this goat. This is like the zygote of goats. That's supposed to be a really funny joke. Some of you may have caught that. This is the zygote of goats. And every modern goat that you see comes from this goat. And it's interesting because that same goat is being held by these uh, 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 figures. I mean, I'm not saying this is Gilgamesh himself. It could be. But these original uh, Anunnaki, the original progenitor raiders of man and they're showing them using a goat they're showing you this is the ark of baphomet this is the ark of humanity being made dolly first sheep to be cloned from adult dna dolly's birth was transformed because it proved the nucleus of an adult cell had all the dna necessary to give rise to another animal says stem cell biologist robin badge head of the division of stem cell biology at francis crick institute in london previous researchers had derived adult frogs from embryonic frog cells and embryonic frog cells from adults at which point their development stalled dolly was the first example of taking an adult cell and getting an adult badge said that meant you could reprogram an adult cell nucleus back to an embryonic stage did anyone hear that that meant you could reprogram an adult cell nucleus back to an embryonic stage. It's fascinating. And sheep and goats were a better conduit for that. They tried this on monkeys, by the way. It didn't work. It didn't work. It was too hard. It was too complex. But it worked on this. And something else happens, which you'll see later, which is why, which makes these, this particular library of genetics uh, more viable. I just thought it was interesting that that Dolly was euthanized on uh, February 14th, by the way. She lived half, half of her age. That the uh, cloning process possibly, more than likely, uh, caused some lung disease. You're about to find out why that's important, too. Um, cheap human hybrids made in lab. Get the facts. The breakthrough moves researchers a small step closer to growing human model organs for medical transplant. Michael Grishko goes on to say, Building on a controversial breakthrough made in 2017, scientists announced on Saturday that they have created the second successful human-animal hybrids, sheep embryos that are 0.01% human by cell count. The embryos, which were not allowed to develop past 28 days, move researchers a small step closer to perhaps growing human organs for medical transplant. What did I just say? Sheep can grow human organs now. In fact, we're having to kill them once they get 28 days due to ethical concerns. And where are these happening? Inside sheep. Sheep have a lot of potential. So do goats. Potential for xenotransplantation, for multiplets, for chimerism, for modeling humans, and for creating genetically superior animals. Is the perfect genetic playground for such things. And it has a propensity to work with human. They, the chimerism is friendly in this breed, which is a huge clue. Why is 
the god of fertility, Pan? Why? Scientists have created goats with human genetic characteristics after injecting the animal embryos with stem cells, Metro UK reports. 39 bleated beasts, which look no different than normal goats, but have the blood and internal organs similar to DNA to humans, are being reared on the experimental farm in China. China. A team led by Professor Shuxizmo, uh Shanghai spent five years transplanting stem cells from human umbilical cords into the goat embryos. Their research confirmed that stem cells could be taken from one organism and transplanted into another without rejection. Right? So even in our present day right now, thanks to goats, we are utilizing animals containing human material and... We've learned that stem cells may have more plasticity than was previously known. Um, and we consider this to be not nearly as controversial. <laughs> that, that right now, our ethics, the man-bear pigs, the people that use weed eaters in the morning, are telling you that, well, if we're putting human parts in goats, it's like not nearly as unethical as if we were doing that with other humans. That, that's what they think. That right now, built into our standard uh, psyche, is this idea that, well, it's... You know, just can you use a goat? Because then it'll be nicer. It'll be it'll be better if you use a goat. And again, I ask the question: Why would a goat be associated with fertility? Why not the? Why not a booby? Why not a booby? And more importantly, why was Pan, the son of Hermes, and a wood nymph? Do you remember our talk last time? Hermaphroditus. <laughs> Do you remember Hermaphroditus? Well, it turns out, guess what? Pan, the son of Hermes, and a wood nymph. Again, the same hermaphroditic uh, genetical structure. And what does pan in Greek mean? Is it means all, right? It means the, the congruence of those, male and female. Pan's name is sought to derive from paean, the Greek verb meaning to pasture also, right? To thrive. The all thrives. The all is his own pasture. Pan is his own thrash, uh, pasture. And as the child of Hermes who gives birth to hermaphrodites, Pan is all. And here's, here's where it gets interesting because Pan is the only Greek god who actually dies. The only one. Think about it. Why, why does Pan have to die? Why does Pan have to die? Think about how uh, terrifying Steve and Jeff have gotten about this secret. Think about uh, how much we've erased even Asherah, the consort of Yahweh. And think about how the Baphomet himself, as a genetic ark, would die. Why would it die? Why did Dolly only live half as long as a sheep? Why? Dolly has a life expectancy of around 11, uh, uh, 12 years, but Dolly lived six and a half. Adam lived 900 and blah, blah, blah years. So did Seth, so did Enosh, so did Canaan, so did Mahalel, so did Jared, so did Methuselah. And then Lamech and Noah strive to stay that long, and then what happened? 
Shem. Shem only lived 600 years. Oh, it's a fluke. Maybe Shem died young. No, because uh, I don't actually know the same. Arphax said lived 400. Shelah, Eber, Peleg, Ru, Sarug, Nahor, Terah, and finally Abraham only lived 200 years. What you're looking at is the patriarchs over time losing the uh, expectancy through copying, right? And you know this, if you know what a copy machine is, you see this, that if you take the copy and make a copy of it, it's dirtier. Then if you take a copy of that, it's dirtier. Then if you make a copy of that, it's dirtier. And you know that life itself is a romp through a genetic mutation that's either going to benefit your genes or hurt your genes based on your posture as you embrace vitriol. That That's literally what's your RNA is doing that all the time. That your RNA is copying itself and using the trauma of the event or the joy of the event to fuck up your genes or make them stronger, right? That that entire process is the copying of things. And that the, the degradation is real. The mutations are alive. And showing you this right now. Oh, crap. Uh, I ran out of time. You guys, there's this uh, apocalypse song that Spectral and, and Thomas and people made. It's so good. You, you really need to hear that song. I, if someone can find it, maybe throw it in the chat. It's it's. I, I'm going to play it one episode. But uh, um, I'm going to play it one episode. This leads us to Noah. I think Noah is the Baphomet. I think the Ark, Noah's Ark, is this idea. I think that uh, there's some uh, Bible verses to back it up. I, uh, I'm tempted to stop now because we have a dojo in 25 minutes and, uh, we could actually do an entire episode just about Baphomet. I mean, just about Noah. Um, I think, I think we're going to wait. I think, I think this is, there's so much here to just what I talked about that it might be better if it, if it's allowed to ring in your palate. Uh, just know that the only reason why I'm I'm not going on today is just because I think that that I could say more about Noah if if I didn't feel that that there was a, a time restraint and I put so much work into Noah so um, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually wait we'll do that next time but uh, uh, think about this this seeding of the world of spawning. That I don't think that Adam and Eve were, I don't think that we were created. I think that the Genesis was a spawning, a spawning of life. And the Genesis, as we saw in last episode, is actually a story about you. It's a story about you personally, your division from the library of Adama. That the very first thing you did was to split, that your Adam took, took uh, uh, a part of your Adama, the side was removed. And you existed in one of those things, that you dis you splintered between those two things, and the female that is that is not me is here. That is the ka, the ka of James is my anima, the Jungian archetype of my moon. I am sun; she is moon to me. 
for me to understand this world, to reunite, I find myself using my sun and my moon, my intuition and my sight to see this place as clearly as possible. And so whether I was born as a male or a female doesn't actually change that I will still have a ka and that the other side of me that is split will not be gone. It will be a phantom of me. Remember the experiment where if, if someone's hand is removed and he has a scratch, he can see it through the reflection and scratch it, that that's the ka. And that you were here, think about this, you were born here to learn ka, and the only way you could learn that is if half of you was removed and all you had there was your ka to find it. And when you're seeking the sacred stargate, of, of a six-breasted woman at dinner, you, you were seeking your own ka. You were finding your way back to the garden of ka and ba, of, of your sun and moon combined. What would the sun and moon look like combined? What would that force how would that light appear to you? Because I'll tell you something. I don't think that you would recognize that the moon was even there. That you and I have such primal elementary sensors that we would not be able to perceive the moon. We would not be able to see this other light had it not been for our separation at Genesis. Right? Our Bereshit is the uh, emphasis of the moon by taking it away from us we find it and in the entire process it will be hidden from people like Jeff and Steve and then in part of that process it will be revealed through really fucked up clues on national film from people like Tom Hanks and that the hermetical order of this place is built on the idea that there is a curtain and certain people that watch this show will not go through. And some will, but they'll make sure no one's looking when they go through. Some of you are like, well, I don't want that Baphomet image on the screen because i got kids coming over or whatever the fuck. And that that process itself is you finding your ka. It's you finding your ka. Ka-ka. It's a ka-ka. Card towers is where it is. So... Those of you who are mad, who think that I'm spurring, that I'm spitting in the face of God or whatever, have your fetish, do your thing to isolate yourself further from this truth. And know that even though you're pulling yourself back from the truth and clinging to Charlton Heston and pretending that that's God, that the truth will have no choice but to be in the room and you will end up having a mantra every day where you're like, oh need to make sure I'm not homosexual. I need to make sure I'm not a transvestite. I need to make sure I'm not supporting anything else. And you end up in this state of mind where you're afraid of your own ka, where you fear it. And you go out and you kill and you suppress it from your religion and you remove every, every, kind, of, every kind of ritual that might dilate you down here in your muladhara. And that you're worshiping in a church that's had every single thing that might be pokey or might be a hole removed and scraped from the walls. 
And you call this religion. You call this something spiritual. And it's not. It's a fetish for your ka, amalgamated as this demon goat with titties. And that's, that is who you've painted as your demon. That when you are alone at night and no one's around, you think the thing that's going to come get you has boobies and hooves. That's what scares you. <laughs> and now you've just found out that it's got, it's got two parts. That it's got both. And that's probably going to scare you even more. And that fear is proof it's in the room. It's proof. And you can write shitty things about me. You can do whatever you want. But it will only get stronger. Because the evil will only grow in you. Because you keep missing the mark of what this is. The truth. Of where we come. Is there a Baphomet? I don't fucking know. You're supposed to be pruning my lips. I'm not here to tell you the truth. I'm here to tell you that genetically. If you look at where we are going. And where we came from. This is a world where humanity is spawned. And humanity is spawned eon after eon as civilization falls and falls and falls and falls and falls. And that after enough practice, you and I could say, hey, we're getting ready to fall. This sucks. Hey, let's make an ark. Okay, what should we make it out of? And a long time ago, they were like, let's make it out of wood. And one guy's finally like, that's stupid. We've got like gene banks. Why don't we freeze some cord blood? Why don't we uh, take that cord blood and inseminate it with a jeep, uh, with a, a, a fucking goat, and let's make a hybrid, and let's make that hermaphroditic hybrid degrade itself slowly so it dies, and then what's left is a bunch of humans that still have all the intelligence circuits needed from the time before. You know, like farming. Like, don't fuck your sister. Like, really basic stuff that we don't have to wait another uh, 600 million years to teach. But we're saying this is bad. That this idea of this ark is wrong. It's not wrong. This is how a farm would work. This is literally how you grow tomatoes. Heirloom tomatoes. That's how you do it. It's how you grow corn. And what do you do when you plant the corn? You incorporate other sisters. You do a chimera of beans, corn, and squash. You build that chimera because you know one will climb itself out of the sea. The squash. Right? One will sustain itself in the midsection, the beans. And the uh, sprouting of, of, of consciousness is the corn itself. The, the Quetzalcoatl. The Quetzalcoatl. The Quetzalcoatl. There you go. Hope you enjoyed this show. Hope you found this series fascinating. It looks like the series will not end today. We will be doing another episode about Noah. But there's just a lot. Noah's an interesting dude. Um... So yeah, thanks for being here. And uh, if you want to come to Dojo, come to Dojo. Uh, some of you have written me expressing that you're really mad because you can't figure out how to get in Dojo. And uh, I'll, I'll say it again. You, A, you could put your email address in the chat and say, I would like to have a free invite from Jojo, Dojo. Is there someone here that can invite me? And they'll, they'll just send you the link. It's really that easy. Another is you could email me. It's on my website. Uh Email is probably going to be taking a while. I'm writing a, a book right now and I just, anyway, but if you join Patreon, it's just right there. It's just, people got up today and they're like, oh, here's a link for Dojo. If you join Day True, it's right there. Some of you are having trouble with Day, Day True. If that interface doesn't work, I'm sorry. I think Patreon might be a better interface for you. So try that. There's benefits to both. 
but uh, it really is that easy. I'm not hiding Dojo from anyone. I feel like I talk about it too much. Tomorrow night, high magic. High magic. Be on Dojo Worth Radio. Looking forward to you guys being there. Uh, so check that out, Dojo Worth Radio. I mean, uh, High Magic is on its own YouTube channel now. Dojo Radio got hit with a strike, uh, two strikes actually. So uh, I think it's back on as of today, but uh, I'm going to not do High Magic on that show anymore. So you're going to have to subscribe to the new channel to do that. Uh, another good place to check out is our buddy Sark and chat has a Telegram group uh, that's, that's fun. Um, even though it has the name Dojo Kickback, it is not associated with the dojo in any way. These are people that are enjoying the show and enjoy the chat and like to discuss things more. You could go in there, check that out. And uh, yeah, you will see artwork for all the slides from all the series on Patreon or on JTrue. You can find those stuff in a nice, easy way. I certainly share them too. You're welcome to share them. I encourage you to. If you have questions or comments, please leave them in the comments. The comments really help. Uh, James True Live was filmed in front of a live studio audience. Um, and they're awesome, awesome folks. It's a beautiful tribe here. I feel proud to be able to be the MC as they discuss the finer things of life and you should join them too. I wonder how that date with her Kate went, you know, after dinner. Yeah, a little freaky dinky. Love you guys.